podcasting played nobody s and p plus uh hurry up edition we're tacking on five minutes to this podcast <laughs> it will be 30 and not 25 um we're doing that one because we duffed so bad on the last two deadlines but then also we have look there's no reason to wait until the tuesday recap we're going to talk about the end of penn state ohio state <laughs> and bill is going to give us a little status update health check um performance report because you know we keep with that whole robot thing and we're, uh, and we're talking about the numbers not ourselves uh, no we're going to talk about specifically what the s&p plus has before we jump in to the top 25 so you just put it out as we record this on sunday that mm-hmm. um s&p plus had a good weekend what yes happened? yeah i figured what what better time to give an update uh, about the the whole like the whole reason for this show than after it had a really good week um Two, well, two straight weeks, actually. Last week hit 53% for, uh, in week four. Uh, it was really annoying because uh, it was doing really well until the evening. And it went from, then it went from like 64% to 53% by the end of the day. Yesterday, heading into like midway through the evening session, S&P Plus was at 67% for the week. Uh, just killing. And then once again, like me, it went to bed early and finished at 62%. But um, still, 62%, 68% on over-unders. For the season, that means it is 55% against the spread and 55% on over-unders. Um, it's doing well. It's doing very well. Um, so, therefore, I say like, that, that we can at least reinforce uh, that the, the, the premise of this show, counting down the S&P Plus Top 25, has some semblance of value uh, because it's doing very well uh, overall. It has a semblance of value because we told you it has a semblance of value, damn it. That never really works for me, so I feel I feel the need to bring proof to the table. I know I this is, this is I, I'm here to argue. Okay, uh, this is podcast name play nobody. We're about to go through uh, the fastest, smartest 25 minutes in college football analytics. Sure, you ready? Sure. Yeah. All right. Number 25, jumping thir- 13 spots. Bill. Um, hey, remember Fresno State? Yeah. They're three and one. Uh, that loss to Minnesota is going to seem unseemly if they start really running the table because they don't play boys until much later in the season uh they beat a good toledo team uh probably didn't see this game but hey fresno uh just everybody kind of everybody raise your hand okay we, we all remember fresno yeah no toledo's quarterback got hurt that probably helped a little bit but they've looked they've looked good yeah the minnesota game i at the time i thought it was more a sign that minnesota might be putting things together and, it, and maybe it ends up being just that but they've been pretty rickety since then um and fresno state just Took on, took on another physically capable mid-major team, uh, granted two time zones away or whatever, three. Um, but they, yeah, they handle their business very, very well. Um, again, that game against Boise isn't for a while, though. So they, I mean, because of the one loss, it's not going to have the same impact. It's going to be a hell of a football game, though. Um, and it might be a G5 kind of playing for that for that near six bit. I'm um, yeah, I, I guess. Uh, NC State is four and zero. One more time. Well, I, was waiting, NC State. I was waiting for more there, but yes, yes, they no, are. no, 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 no. I, I pause for dramatic effect, not to pass it to you. Everyone, NC State is four and zero. Remember how like the, the ACC is is uh it's apocalypse right now, and it is. It is, yeah, no doubt. But NC State is undefeated. Yeah. No, uh, this now, was granted, the over. Granted, this was like, their first conference game. Yeah, this was two of the over, the conferences overachievers playing each other. But no, I mean, NC State has not looked dramatically, ridiculously amazing, especially, you know, in creeping by James Madison in the opener. But James Madison's pretty good. They killed Georgia State. Uh, they went. They played at Marshall, a, a, a really solid Marshall team, not like top 20 good or anything, but they won by 17. Uh, and then they returned home and just kind of out physical Virginia, you could say. 
Uh, and they have pl- very much played like a top 25 team so far. I, and I'm happy that um, I think yeah, just watching Twitter and stuff, I think people are, 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 are kind of recognizing this, so to speak, uh, but good program. Uh, number number 23, my beloved murder Smurfs beat my beloved Wyoming Cowboys. Um, Boise is in now uh, three and one marching through the mountain West. Um, I didn't watch the game, but I did watch highlights. Ripon is really fun to watch when he does yeah. not his best game. Um, but, but just more talented flat out. Like they, they were just offensively enough and Wyoming is not there on offense. That right. doesn't mean oh, we, yeah. we're not, we're not walking back anything we said about Josh Allen last year. However, Wyoming's offense struggling mightily. Uh, that was the difference in this game. Uh, Ripon's really fun to watch and, uh, Boise state marches on. Yeah. Boise state's perfectly in line for a G five spot. Assuming at some point UCF loses and we'll get to them, but, um, no, they were, I, I hate that they, their you know, their line offensive line couldn't hold up against Oklahoma state, uh, and their punt block unit couldn't hold up against Oklahoma state. And that, that really prevented them from having a nice chance at a showcase when they've been tremendous otherwise. Texas A&M 24 to 17 Arkansas. Yep. You know, sign of life. Uh, I'm trying to spin this positive for my hog sure. buddies. Uh, Arkansas one and four, by the way, uh, Texas A&M, uh, not, not great. Not, not great. great, but um, guess what? remember what we said to everyone. It's year one. Sure. Yes. Um, no, I, 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 I'm just happy that right they're where they are. So it gives me an opportunity to remind people that uh, the up and down movement of S and P plus from week to week. Yes. It's about last Saturday and the performances. It's also the knobs are turning uh, st- opponent adjustments are stronger now. So A&M moved up in part because they played Clemson well and, and hung with Alabama better than anybody else has. Uh, that's kind of that, that knob got turned and that's why they moved up despite Saturday. So just Aggies, uh, Aggies only had 17 points on offense. Um, they had a kickoff return. That was the difference. And then Kelly Mond threw two picks. Uh, ugly, ugly, ugly. This Arkansas defense should allow you to do more than that. But again, uh, year one, year one, year one, year one. And, and the, that Arkansas defense is 37th at the moment in defensive S&P plus. <laughs> Chavis apparently has a Wait, wait what? Yeah. Are you going to explain that for a second? Well, their defense hasn't been the problem is the explanation. Um like they hasn't been, it hasn't been good either. I mean, North Texas, my, you know, well, North Texas has done that to pretty much everybody. So they don't really get penalized all that much for that. Plus that was a 44 point game with a uh, th- uh, seven points coming off of that, uh, that punt return. So even that game wasn't absolute, an absolute like disaster by any means, but no, they've been, they've been fine on defense. They haven't been amazing, but uh, come on scores pulls up uh, the 30, 43 Auburn game. Uh, 30, they gave up 34 points because of field position. They really didn't give up anything to Auburn offensively. So no, they've been fine on defense. Uh, shout out. Although I guess we should say condolences to North Texas doesn't show up in the, in the top 25, yeah. but, uh, man, lost a tough one against Louisiana tech. Yeah. Um, and they also, North Texas moved up as well. Just remember the knobs are turning. Uh, so uh, previous performances carry weight in a different way than they, than they did at the time. So that's why they moved up anyway. Uh, Michigan state 31, 20 over central Michigan. Um, okay. Let's do this. Um, Michigan state's always not really a, super dynamic or interesting team to talk about. Um, but they are one of a feeble amount of contenders left in front of Ohio state. Now, is there anything there to that? Is there well, the, well, I mean, the, there, there is that Michigan state looks extremely Michigan state. They have a good defense. Um, yeah. That's why I said they're Michigan they, state. Yeah. They have an extremely annoying offense that doesn't ever take free yards, uh, no matter how much, 
defenses want them to, or it seemed like they're wanting them to, they're just going to run the ball. They're going to go to the short side. They're going to throw, they're going to roll their quarterback to the left. They're going to, uh, even though he's right-handed, they're going to do all these, these things that drive you well, me at least crazy. Uh, and then they're going to play good defense and they're probably going to win a closer than it should have been game. They do well with that. They do. They do. I mean, clearly, we don't, we don't give them enough credit because we complain so often about playing not to lose da 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 da. Like, there's one it, place where that works most of the time. And it's yeah, and, and it hurts them when they're a favorite sometimes. It all it almost always helps them when they're an That's underdog. Why they should never be, you should never favor Michigan State anything. Their whole, remember, workmanlike, lunch pail, scrappy, right. don't respect, yep, blah, blah, blah. I okay, thought Central uh, Michigan was so bad that they would even dominate Central Michigan, but I was wrong. No, they won't, they won't dominate anybody. Um, hey, this is convenient. Number 20 and number 19. Florida yeah. moves to four and one. They go to Starkville in the Mullen Bowl. They beat Mississippi State. Uh, lots to talk about here, and we'll just talk about them at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I watched this entire game. Um, I don't know, maybe because it basically felt like a weird foul play sequel. Um, <laughs> okay, so lots of crazy, stupid uh, conjecture after the game about Moorhead's office not being ready for the you know elite Southeastern Conference. Hey, never mind that people at Penn State were opening up a vein because of his absence last night. But you know, let's not worry about that, idiots. Um, they didn't look good. There is now a referendum on Fitzgerald. Yes. Okay, I made a joke on Twitter that everyone you know last year the brag was he was only recruited by Mid- Middle T- Tennessee State, and this year it's like yeah he was only recruited by Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> Um, there's a reason for that. They have lost their balance on offense. They looked really good between the twenties. Like they were able to, to move and And, you know, I said this to the myriad Florida graduates on our staff, like Florida's really weirdly un Florida up front. They're undersized. Like it, Mississippi state looked really good. And then they would have to do something different in the red zone or it would just be third down and it just didn't work. No, no, I, 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 I after week two, after w- when they uh, whooped up on Kansas state, uh, I wrote a piece that was optimistic by nature, just because I, I liked Fitzgerald and I liked Moorhead and I thought they would potentially figure things out. But the, the piece was basically uh, they look like a dominant team right now, despite the, despite the fact that they can't pass. And so yeah. you can, you can take one of two tones from that either. Number one, not being able to pass is going to catch up to them or number two, uh, they'll eventually start to figure some things out with the pass and then they'll really be in, in good shape. Um, I think like the tone leaned more towards the latter there, but the former was very much on the table. And now that, yeah, they've played Kentucky and Florida, two very good defenses. This isn't, you know, the typical Southeastern conference defense. Everybody's just like this in this conference. No, Kentucky and Florida are both very good defensively. Um, and they were able to force Fitzgerald to pass. He went in those two games, they combined 27 for 58 for 243 yards. He is throw if you're below 50%, uh, completion rate, you better be averaging like 15, 20 yards per completion. He's averaging under 10. Uh, they got nothing. They got nothing. And um, the hope, I guess, was that fits that was that Moorhead would start to figure some things out um, on, and, you know, just some tricks basically to, to get that passing game going. And Fitzgerald has no confidence, no accuracy. No, he's, he's getting worse, not better. Uh, on the Florida side of the ball, they didn't, make this sort of mind numbing mistake late that would allow a team like state at home to come back or get a short field when it was obvious that they were having major red zone issues. You got to give them credit for that. Um, the red zone defense was good. Um, I wouldn't really put too much stock into the offensive inefficiency here. 
because the, the the group the group of people involved in this story this is kind of I wanted to watch this game for non-football reasons because it sure as hell didn't give me football reasons to watch it the familiarity was so high with all the parties involved that I think you saw a lot of weirdness I mean the mm-hmm. touchdown scored in this game was weird right it was a trick play um I don't know I mean they're I know a lot of Florida fans are still worried about the development of the offense and Franks, but like, I think you kind of throw this one out. Don't get into comparative analytics because they came in with a pretty unique game plan for that situation. It was ugly. It wasn't really efficient. Um, uh, Bob Shoup did a really good job. Um, You know, state is as talented a blitzing team as he has probably had since he got to FBS. And he likes to, he likes to have fun with that, you know? No, yeah. Right now. Kind of the way Grantham does, but um it's it's funny like these two ratings wise these two teams are almost identical uh florida is 45th on offense and 13th on defense mississippi state is 41st on offense 12th on defense but um florida state florida is also very very good on special teams 16th mississippi state is 104th and there's your difference um yeah just a steady win for florida not you know honestly though when you look around at all the other year ones and the and the craziness going on i mean it's a really nice win for florida if you're looking at it through that lens okay enough uh moving on to 18 okay here's the deal actually this pairs nicely with 17 because uh 18 is miami and 17 is lsu and this is like intentional grouping here thanks for doing this with your fake numbers um lsu comes out drags miami in week one right mm-hmm. uh we kind of forget about miami a little bit not you but uh probably the greater collective i think when you pair that miami loss in week one with everything that happened to them to end the season it's kind of like oh okay i got you right big game mark rick all that nonsense miami's good miami's good miami's uh, good miami has fixed some problems too way back yeah. on thursday by the way they beat north carolina 47 to 10 yeah and um <laughs> i mean the all, all the turnovers that went against them against lsu went for them uh in this one and, you know, that tends to make an enormous difference. They had, what, three return touchdowns. Uh, the, I saw some Miami fans complaining because they, their, their team dropped a spot um, after, after the big blowout win. But, again, like, you don't – like, return scores are random. Turnovers are semi-random. Uh, they're not going to give you that much credit if that's the, the driving uh, source of your win. And they outgained North Carolina by 25 points. Now – or 25 yards, I mean, and that's, that's pretty misleading. They were – clearly the better team per play. So I'm not going to pretend they weren't, but they still like just offense versus defense and offense versus defense. This was, you know, more like a 31 to 10 win or something uh, or 28 to 10 instead of 47 to 10. So it did make a difference with the turnovers. All right. Got to pick up the pace a little bit because yeah. I see Kentucky around the horizon of course, <laughs> getting excited. Uh, yeah. So LSU is now five and zero. They're at 17. Uh, they did exactly what I, thought they'd do what most people thought they would do um it's it's getting easier and easier to pull kind of a you know it's Ole Miss's offense is sort of really bad Jenga and you can just sort of pull the one piece and then all of a sudden you know the best wide receivers in college football are essentially ineffective um they did exactly what they needed to running the ball and the way that they ran the ball in that defense they moved to five and oh uh Appalachian State there you go guys referendum um they beat a look App is a really, really good, really experienced, um, really consistent program in the Sun Belt. And it's the complete opposite, pretty much, of everything that's going on at South Alabama. And they drug South Alabama. That was it. I don't really have anything else to add. To <laughs> no, that. They're, they're a much better team than South Alabama. Let's and- talk about Kentucky. Let's talk about Kentucky. Kentucky is 5 0, Bill. They're at number 15. 
Yeah. And they just handled the exact type of game that I was worried about them not being able to handle. So they were able to kind of check another box. Um, this was that game, dude. This was that game. This was that game where I know they have more of those games, so it's not over, but they, they definitely handled themselves. Yeah. But I think it was because this was, this was South Carolina. Look, no joke, like circling the Kentucky game being like, Hey guys, this is the one where you win, where you change the thing all that stuff. I talked about it. I don't Kentucky. Kentucky did exactly what they did at Mississippi state. Yep. It was a nice win, man. How far is this Kentucky thing going to go? And, and Kentucky goes to A&M, right? Uh, yes. I like Kentucky straight up there. They've been a better team. So yeah. Um, I know, but let's just, let's pause and say it one more time. I like Kentucky at Texas A&M to win because they're the more physical team. And this, this will be a tougher um, heading into, I don't have the updated, all the big win projections and all that just yet, but um, you know, they're projected to win by six. They won by more than that. They're projected. They were projected this last week to win by 0.5 against A&M. I assume that will be about the same since both teams are kind of in the same ratings range. So it is, I mean, the, the, being in college station is a 50, 50 thing. A&M's obviously battle tested already, uh, but this Kentucky has carved out a niche here of just being real nasty up front on defense and forcing quarterback mistakes, which we saw some, from South Carolina, I mean, from A&M on Saturday, you know, Calamond is still a sophomore and still capable of getting flustered and making mistakes. Um, so, but yeah, they, they've got, it's a really unique recipe they've got going. Offense still isn't great. Uh, like I said, you know, Benny Snell, I love Benny, Benny Snell, but he's probably getting too much credit for their success right now. Their success is because of their defense, um, but it's still a, just a really physical, weird, interesting team. Nice to have Benny though. He's fun. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no thing post game. Like if he ends up a Heisman finalist. I'm not going to complain at all. I just, I, no. I, the, my one complaint is that it's taken attention away from the truly awesome unit, and that's the defense. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I mean, all the we we have very, very, very effectively covered the dumb SEC scheduling thing. But I find it funny. Kentucky keeps getting relegated to the SEC network, and you know he he's always the post game player of the game. He's always talking to Cole. It was a really neat moment last night. Um, let's move on. If Kentucky is going to help, hopefully, hopefully break up some chalk, um, <coughs> West Virginia, come on, baby. Uh, 4-0, beat Texas Tech. Uh, they're going to win the Big 12. Not because I think that, but because I want that. Okay, I was about to say. Um, yeah, like, you know, the, uh, this they, they've looked good. They, they, they thought about... Basically, for me. They basically they thought about pulling what Texas Tech pulled against them a couple of years ago and and exploding that to a big lead and then letting it all get away. Um, but then they said, "Wait, what are we doing? No, we're a different West Virginia." And they they slammed the door again. So, um, God, good good for them. They are explosive. My biggest concern about them, as I said in the preseason, was their depth. Uh, they're they're managing their injuries pretty well. We'll say uh, they have not been tested in that regard yet, and therefore that starting twenty two that that was supposed to be really good has been really good. Number 13, Wisconsin. Number 12, Oklahoma State. Uh, Kansas put some points up, but, you know, they did their thing. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, that was, it was a, yeah, I don't know what to say. I watched a decent chunk of that game. And yeah, uh, Oklahoma State, um, it's, it's, every time Kansas thought they had something going, Oklahoma State was just like, no, no, no. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. Um, whew, if you had to watch that Auburn game, I apologize. I did not. Yeesh. Um, man, those weather delays are a huge pain in the ass. I'll put it that way. Um, Auburn is also sort of a huge pain in the ass for itself. Yeah. Um, Currently uh, 82nd on offense and first on defense, as we all expected. I'm going to talk. Let's just, how about this? Let's just do this. Let's just, 
everybody texting me and everybody tweeting at me and people sending DMs. I'll just talk about the Hugh Freeze stuff on Thursday, okay? Ooh. All right. Wow. Hey, okay. Central Florida. Um, good God. Pittsburgh is bad. Pittsburgh is bad. Pittsburgh is bad. They were not they were not circling the wagons and beating Miami last year and coming back at nope, they nope, nope, nope. 85th. Pittsburgh is now 85th. Central Florida is good. Central Florida is good. Yes. Also, um, at number nine, Notre Dame is good. It's fine. It's fine. They're good. And you they're, to, you need to they're take some antacid here. Or? They are. I'm going to keep paying them compliments. We all understand what's going on. No, no. They're, they're slightly. I tell you what. Oh, God. This is really hard. It's just like mental constipation to, to construct an intelligent compliment. Um, they, look, they look a little bit different every week to the point where they are adjusting for the opponent and I thought they at times I didn't watch this game but I've been, I I was reading on this morning they were able to to Stanford Stanford that's yeah. the, all the nicest things I can say Yeah I mean the okay. Michigan Michigan in week number 1 their defense really has brought the lumber for most of the year um, Yeah and, but yeah, I've, I've recorded this game. I haven't watched it yet because I was live blogging Ohio State, Penn State, but I'll just say this. Uh, his first two starts, Ian Book against West Wake Forest, 25 for 34 for 325, two touchdowns and a 173 passer rating. His second start against the top 10 team at home, Stanford, 24 for 33, 276, four touchdowns, a 183 passer rating. Uh, that's pretty uh, congruous right there. Uh, and, and they really have looked like a different team. The, the, yeah. the team from the first three weeks that was just figuring no matter who we play, we're going to win by like seven. Yeah. Um, no more. <laughs> they, they have a lot more upside on offense now that the right quarterbacks in there. This is going to be a thing. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I mean, we, we make Notre Dame a joke or whatever on the show, but like, it's a thing and they're going to, they, they, their offense is going to be good. It's going to be good. It's getting better. Um, I got some Tums if you need it over here. Uh, I don't mean I don't hate them that much. Uh, I don't really hate them at all. It's just again we kind of lean into the meme, and you're more exhausted with the culture and the the media and that stuff than you are like the actual. I don't have anything against them as a team. Uh, number eight, Penn State. We're going to talk about that to close the show. Number seven, Michigan. Um, so the Shea Patterson thing, they just don't want him to be Shea Patterson. Well, the, I mean, the the problem yesterday for a good chunk of the game was that they just they were, they were openly sabotaging him. It was it was it almost looked intentional. Like I mean, he, he was, was better than he was better than all of his teammates yesterday. And yeah. like God, that was an ugly. I flipped and I would jump over like at commercials on that one. But like, ugh, yeah. ugh, yeah, what yeah, are you no, doing? It, it was bad. Um, and, and it really, I mean, they started slowly. Northwestern started out on fire and, and, yep. and kudos to Northwestern for that. But then like, as the game goes on, Michigan state keeps trying to come back. Like, okay, and here's where they make their move. Oh, that was a stupid penalty. Here's where they make their move. Oh, dropped pass. Um, but then like, I actually, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not a Michigan fan, but the, I, I got openly mad about the, the phantom holding call. Like it was such an amazingly bad call. Uh, where Teron Higdon gets like takes the play fake handoff and then gets tackled and called for a holding penalty. Uh, I think somebody theorized later that they actually meant to call it on defense, but screwed up uh, and it negated a big long Shea Patterson run. So, um, but I mean, the, the right team won. Michigan was better uh, overall. Their defense adjusted, did absolutely let, let Northwestern do absolutely nothing after the first three drives. The better team won. Uh, it took them a while and they fell a couple spots, but, um, but they passed. Very they funny just, how they eventually um, stopped sabotaging their quarterback. 
Very funny how guarded and formal Harbaugh was about that quarterback race because Patterson is just so much better than that <laughs> offense. Every other player on that field. Um, Oklahoma. Yep. They'd have to play Army this week, so, you know, they're 5-0. and The Mac champion, Army, uh, Black Knights. Um, I'm right. Hey, beating undefeated Buffalo. Yeah, no, I'm never saying anything nice about a team ever again. Like, every single team I complimented last week got drubbed this week. But um, – it was, it was funny. Like that was, you know, I'm watching with, with S and P in my, in my brain and, and Baylor, I think was picked just barely cover. And for a minute there in the fourth quarter, they were covering. And then, and then OSU, then OU just keeps scoring and keeps scoring and keeps scoring. Uh, and, and seven put up touchdowns. a nice, put up a nice, um, yeah. Two, two touchdowns in the last five minutes of a 33 point win, seven touchdowns for Kyler Murray. That's, yeah. uh, that's and I, and I also enjoyed the fact that he was because, you know, he was suspended for a series and all that. I still had to laugh at the fact that he was basically suspended for 70 seconds. He's, uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's probably going to New York. Um, Hey, Washington, I see you, baby. I see you, baby. I don't, yeah, I don't, you, you are not aesthetically pleasing, but I see you. I see you. No, I don't know. Not at all. That was, that was a snuff film. Those Mormons did not come back from that two. pilgrimage. They are number two. <laughs> nice. They are number two in defensive S and P plus at the moment. So the two teams we watched in Atlanta on that first Saturday are one, two at the moment. And, you know, looking back, that was a very defense heavy game too. As I, I feel very bad for those missionaries. RIP because look, BYU is a good team. I actually uh, thought that was going to be a close I'm, game. I'm less sure about that than I was, but they still yeah, but remember how we were complaining about Washington dicking around all the time. I was yeah. like, yeah, BYU should come in and give them a little of that Wisconsin. Oh, Oh God. Oh God. We can't even find all the body parts. Uh, Georgia speaking of dicking around <laughs> George, you're so much better than Tennessee. Which like, are we seeing, are we seeing system flaw here with Georgia or are we just, are we all just subconsciously looking at them in Alabama and being like, okay, well, one's just so much more efficient than the other. Right. I, I, I think it's worth noting, like, I mean, Georgia, clearly the, the numbers still like Georgia quite a bit, obviously. Um, and the preseason projections are under 50% now. So, I mean, it is that you're standing on your own weight to some degree. Um, but they, it is worth noting, I guess that, you know, they, they go to South Carolina and basically almost the first play of the game ball bounces off a South Carolina receiver's shoulder pad. Georgia takes it however many yards for a pick six first, like first Missouri series of the Missouri game, the, the Ford progress deal, they rip the ball out. Uh, they return it back for a touchdown and then they get the, uh, Isaac Nada blows his block ball bounces into his hands and he runs for a touchdown after the sack he gave up. Um, they're getting some lucky, I think they, they fumbled like five times yesterday and recovered all of them. So they are, if nothing else, they're using up their good luck now when they don't need it. And that could certainly, uh, backfire, but no, without that luck, they still win. Uh, they're still in going to coast to the sec East title, but these games are closer. Um, and they, we're not nearly as sure of them as we as it feels like we are without that luck. Oh, they fumbled four times. Tennessee recovered, uh, fumbled once, and Georgia recovered all five fumbles. Definitely yeah. starting to give a little bit more respect to the LSU Georgia game. Yeah, that's fair. A little bit more respect. Not there yet completely, but I mean, I'm seeing trends up in one direction and like not down on Georgia's in part or like just. They're just middling right now. They're basically the results are about what I would expect, but they're they really are getting kind of fortunate uh, to get to that point. So they need to they need to keep improving there. And they probably it's weird. It's weird. It is you know you're in Alabama territory when we're discounting you for winning games by double digits because because you are taking advantage of turnovers from less talented teams early in a game. We're actually holding that against you. 
Well, I mean, yeah, but that's when you're a national title contender, then that's that's the bar. No, I'm cool. Hey, screw them. I'm cool with it. Uh, number three, Ohio State. Again, we're going to talk about this one in the show because, you know, Alabama's number one, but they're boring as hell. Uh, Clemson. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. here's the deal. Um, if you think, hey, Blackledge, who I think follows me on Twitter, who's a super nice human being, don't be an asshole, man. Don't be an asshole. Don't go on national television and talk about some kid's decision as if you know anything about his personal stakes. Okay? You don't. When what five days ago, Bill? Four? Mm-hmm. When yep. was it? I don't know. Whatever. Like yeah, something four. Yeah. Yeah. When the kid made the decision, no one in the world knew that Trevor Lawrence one was going to do anything but play amazing for the rest of the year, and essentially, you know, confirm that Bryant made the right call. And two, that no one knew he was going to get hurt. Okay. You didn't let your teammates down. Any of that crap. Um, all right. More more pressing football matters. Your backup, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Shout out to him. Um, depending on how long Lawrence is out, um, it's bad, it's pretty bad. It's uh, really it would, bad, man. It wouldn't surprise me if it if it was going to take him a little while. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay respect to the situation because it's you know, yeah, it's very easy to turn this into a football thing, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, uh, shout out to Syracuse. They are figuring out ways to annoy the hell out of you. They are, I, I just, I, I believe in that. I believe in what Dino's doing there. I believe in applying where he came from and the systems that he came from and putting it at Syracuse. It's working, man. It's working. I know the ACC is uh, largely ass, but uh, Clemson's not. And this is two years in a row where Ven- like Venables was like an extra purple level of pissed off for two years in a row having to deal with Baber. So shout out to them. I know we're talking about a playoff contender in Clemson though. Um, Oh, there's the timer. We are awful at this. Um, Can we just table it until this week? And maybe we kind of figure out how long Bryce is going to be the quarterback because yeah, 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 we'll probably hear something by Tuesday or whatever. But uh, I will say shout out for not just the backup QB, but also a uh, composed team come annoyed and frustrated all day, inefficient in a lot of spots. You lose your quarterback. Everybody's like screaming about Kelly Bryant in the stands. They kept it together. They came back and won a game. They had to to stay in playoff contention because, damn, I don't know if a one-loss ACC team is going to get in. Yeah, Etienne, um, obviously, having him to lean on was nice. But that, that fourth down throw that Bryce made um, – I, I thought Syracuse needed to dial up a little more pressure on that play than they did, but he, he made a hell of a throw. It kept the drive going and they went and won the game. Uh, okay. Yeah. Alabama murdered ULL, whatever. Um, okay. Didn't cover. We talked before we started recording about this thing. Um, zone read fourth and five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the result of, for those if as if you don't know Penn State's down one they get the ball back two-ish minutes I think um they are facing the fourth and five which they had cut down from a third and it was long to get to fourth and five they got it they got they got it fourth and manageable situation which I thought was a good play call on third down fourth and five comes up Ohio State calls a timeout come back to line Penn State looks to line Penn State calls a timeout all right in theory with a little bit of motion and you can see the backer shift and everything anywhere from the, with the two timeouts and the look back three times anywhere from like what three or four, even five distinct play calls could have cycled. Right. right yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I know that Franklin is protecting Ricky Ronnie right now, or Franklin made the call himself. Yeah. 
I don't think right now, you and I were talking about this, and I know a lot of people are going to write about it. We're writing about it at SB Nation. I don't think that, that they checked into that at the line. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a right. situation where it was like, you know, we have two plays in mind, go to the line, see what we see, and we'll call one. Look, look to the sideline, and we'll make the call from there. Um, you had a good point before we went on the air. Yes, it was eight on seven. Numbers advantages there. Right. That's great. I'm fourth in like two or less. Right. No, that was my problem. My, my, like, it's easy when, when a play gets blown up like that. Um, it's very easy to say just terrible play call. But like, we, we were talking about this in our Slack room last night, um, the SB Nation Slack room. Um, Richard and, and Alex wrote a piece that I haven't checked to see if it's up yet, actually. Um, uh, like, uh, well, I, I should, I won't say anything more about that, but they were, they were breaking things down. Uh, I was just like, you know, I was going on and on about terrible play call and, and they were trying to like figure out the logic behind it. And yeah, you count the numbers in the box kind of looks like they had a numbers advantage there to run the ball. So that run, it, it was basically a handoff to Sanders with a run pass option tag of a bubble screen. It looked like, um, and Ohio State very much had the numbers on the bubble screen, so you hand it off. That all makes sense if it is fourth and one, or maybe mm-hmm. fourth and two. It still mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked because the line—I mean, they stunted it. It got mm-hmm. blown up either way, so it wasn't going to work. But it would have at least, to me, been a very justifiable call on fourth and one or two. But who was the receiver they were missing? Hamler is the one who got knocked unconscious. Uh, yes, there earlier in there. But but either way, like my problem with that is it was, it was not fourth and one. It was fourth and five. And so basically you ended up with a play call that required you to either make two or three good lo- uh, blocks on the line against Ohio State's defensive front uh, enough to g- gain a receiver, f- a running back five yards when he barely had like two yard runs all day. Um, Mm -hmm. or you're throwing a bubble screen, which requires at least probably two good blocks uh, on the perimeter by your receivers. And either way, the whole game you were, you were succeeding because of, uh, you know, sending out the receivers alpha into space and then letting McSorley either chuck it or or run into the open space. They weren't going to let that happen. I, I, I assure you, like if he had lined up and done one of those QB draw situations, like three Ohio state defenders were sitting right there to blow it up. I get that. But like, Man, you just you like, Trace McSorley owned that game, and the and you made a you ended up in a call that first of all needed two or three really good blocks against Ohio State, which seems bad, and you immediately took the ball out of the hands of the guy who had been making all your plays, and it just oh man, it was frustrating to see. Um, I like just generally speaking, I got mad about it in the live blog. I had an Ohio State fan with hey, so sure seemed like you were mad at the end of the game. Like yeah, I hate I hate overthought play calls, and that was very yeah much- because it's and it's anticlimactic too. This isn't a this isn't yeah. a play call that from such an a good game. Yeah, exactly. From an objective viewpoint, I mean, I get like. I get it. I'm a, I have a teams that I'm a fan of and I, I want every game to end 62 to nothing. So I don't have to worry about it. I get that. But like for the rest of us who are, who are in it for the theater, you, you want something a little bit more dramatic it ended on a contested fade. I don't know. And, and speaking of which, a <laughs> oh, fade, let's not go that far. Let's not go that far. God, you hate a fade. Um, I would have, I would have preferred a fade. I know. You, yes. They were spying the hell out of him as they should have. I still would have been more comfortable putting the ball in his hands in yeah. some way, shape or form. Roll him out. Yeah. Hell roll him out. Fake like you it. really hadn't I mean, done that very much. Bootleg. Uh, fake the, I mean, keep it on the read. I don't, there, there's any number of things I, I would have done some, uh, honestly, I would have been fine if the, if they get sacked for a five yard loss on fourth and five, trying to pull off the most bizarre, triple reverse <laughs> shit I've ever seen. I'm fine with that because McSorley's give McSorley 
the best opportunity yeah. possible. Give yeah, Nick Storley the best opportunity possible. The way I wrote about it this morning was just saying that um, it was very much a we know they know, but they know we know they know, and we know they know that we know that they know. And it, it, like, it just became this massively overthought thing. Like you had one guy making plays. They knew he was going to run the ball. They still couldn't stop it. Um, like don't, this, this did not call for overthinking. And in the end you had a, again, you put the, basically you put the game on the line. Uh, you put the game in the hands of your blockers and not your quarterback. Um, I mean, they thought themselves stupid, basically. Yeah. I really do think it was, it was moving so fast. They were, and Ohio state didn't change their look a whole lot. Mm-mm. You know, I, I think they just overthought themselves into a really dumb moment. Yeah. And, and of course this became like, I, I got sucked because I felt bad. I, um, I got sucked into these conversations uh, on Twitter last night because I had a, what the hell was that Penn state tweet, something to that effect. Um, and it of course then turned into like a bunch of fans of other schools say, well, that's because James Franklin's not a good coach. Uh, he just, he, he's just a recruiter. Um, and here's where I met everybody that, led by 12 in the fourth dude. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, he's done that twice in a row. And, and two years ago, he's the, his was the team pulling the, the double-digit comeback against Ohio State. Um, but even beyond that, like his, his teams have overachieved their recruiting rankings almost every year that he's been a head coach. Um, I don't think actual – I really don't think actual Penn State fans think that. No, I'm, I'm sure, sure they don't. Know. This right was, now, you know, but like, a bunch of other yeah. fans of other teams. Remember, remember – <laughs> It's not just coaches probably who um, ha- are of the mindset of that, you know, that list that came out before the season of underrated coaches, how, you know, Franklin and Willie Taggart are at the top or whatever. Um, it's not just coaches who think that um, and, and fans certainly pounced as well. Um, I thought it was worth throwing in on the S and P show. Sorry. We weren't, we didn't hurry up as much, but we gave you some free blog content. So good over it. Um, all right, Bill. See you Tuesday. <laughs> Sounds good. We have a normal schedule this week, hopefully. Yeah, nobody's traveling. It's going to be weird.